equally as stimulating to the imagination and the nerves. Intelligible communication had at last been established with Mars. Generations of wars had done their part to stimulate scientific research to the end that we might kill one another more expeditiously, that we might transport our youth more quickly to their shallow graves in alien soil, that we might transmit more secretly and with greater celerity our orders to slay our fellow men. And always, generation after generation, there had been those few who could detach their minds from the contemplation of massacre, and looking forward to a happier era, concentrate their talents and their energies upon the utilization of scientific achievement for the betterment of mankind and the rebuilding of civilization. Among these was that much-ridiculed but devoted coterie who had clung tenaciously to the idea that communication could be established with Mars. The hope that had been growing for a hundred years had never been permitted to die, but had been transmitted from teacher to pupil with ever-growing enthusiasm, while the people scoffed as, a hundred years before, we are told, they scoffed at the experimenters with flying machines, as they chose to call them. About 1940 had come the first reward of long years of toil and hope, following the perfection of an instrument which accurately indicated the direction and distance of the focus of any radioactivity with which it might be attuned. For several years prior to this, all the more highly sensitive receiving instruments had recorded a series of three dots and three dashes, which began at precise intervals of twenty-four hours and thirty-seven minutes, and continued for approximately fifteen minutes. The new instrument indicated conclusively that these signals, if they were signals, originated always at the same distance from the earth and in the same direction as the point in the universe occupied by the planet Mars. It was five years later before a sending apparatus was evolved that bade fair to transmit its waves from earth to Mars. At first, their own message was repeated, three dots and three dashes. Although the unusual interval of time had not elapsed since we had received their daily signal, ours was immediately answered. Then we sent a message consisting of five dots and two dashes, alternating. Immediately they replied, with five dots and two dashes, and we knew beyond peradventure of a doubt that we were in communication with the Red Planet but it required twenty-two years of unremitting effort, with the most brilliant intellects of the two worlds concentrated upon it, to evolve and perfect an intelligent system of intercommunication between the two planets. Today, this 10th of June, 1967, there was published, broadcast to the world, the first message from Mars. It was dated Helium, Barsoom, and merely extended greetings to a sister world, and wished us well. But it was the beginning. The blue room of the Harding was, I presume, but typical of every other gathering place in the civilized world. Men and women were eating, drinking, laughing, singing, and talking. The flyer was racing through the air at an altitude of a little over a thousand feet. Its engines motivated wirelessly from power plants thousands of miles distant, drove it noiselessly and swiftly along its overnight pathway between Chicago and Paris. I had, of course, crossed many times, but this instance was unique, 
because of the epoch-making occasion which the passengers were celebrating, and so I sat at the table longer than usual, watching my fellow diners with, I imagine, a slightly indulgent smile upon my lips, since, I mention it in no spirit of egotism, it had been my high privilege to assist in the consummation of a hundred years of effort that had borne fruit that day. I looked around at my fellow diners, and then back to my table companion. He was a fine-looking chap, lean and bronzed. One need not have noted the Air Corps Overseas Service uniform, the Admiral Stars and Anchors, or the wound stripes to have guessed that he was a fighting man. He looked it, every inch of him, and there were a full seventy-two inches. We talked a little about the great victory and the message from Mars, of course, and though he often smiled, I noticed an occasional shadow of sadness in his eyes, and once, after a particularly mad...